It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, August 26th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to continue our crossover series and check in on the Washington Capitals. It'll be fun. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we do have a little bit of Flyers news about their training and medical staff uh, that we talked about on Wednesday's show. Then we're going to get into our Metro Division crossover talk with Dan from Locked On Capitals. We're going to hear all about what the Caps were up to this offseason and what their prospects are heading into this upcoming year. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you're listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So, Russ, I guess it was fortuitous that we did talk about this on Wednesday. And lo and behold, out of nowhere, the Flyers announced yesterday that After a global search, uh, and I guess it really was a global search, they hired Ian McEwen, uh, who has been with Port Adelaide FC of the AFL in Australia for the last nine years. And they've created a new position, Vice President, Athlete Performance and Wellness. So, you know, my first question when I saw this was, we're late August. Guys have been training all summer, but even if I'm a player on this team and I know the hammer is about to drop, I'm getting in my last Chipotle, Dunkin' Donuts, last shake or whatever before I hit camp now because I have no idea what's coming. But anything I did in the last three or four months, this guy can't fix, not right away. So I don't understand the timing of it. We talked about this months and months and months ago, and this has crawled on all summer, and now they did something. But Who knows if this could even impact this season other than maybe some of the youngsters when they leave camp, they have a better idea what to do when they, you know, go play their other season. Yeah, I do think it's one of those things that's going to take time, right? When you have a new position that's kind of putting a bunch of stuff that you've done maybe separately under a single umbrella and maybe with a new philosophy that this guy is going to come in, it's going to take time to figure out what systems he wants, his personnel and, you know, figure all of that out. And we could be waiting six, eight months before anything concrete gets fully implemented. So I think you're right there as far as the timing. Um, It does seem like they did do some diligence in terms of the quote unquote global search. You know, sometimes these things take that long and they wanted to get the right person. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt on that front. And I think they just know that it's going to take time no matter who they picked and when they picked and 
and this was the right choice for them. Now, time will tell. Um, we don't have a ton of information so far, and they haven't had a press conference as of recording, you know, to ask any questions about the hire or what exactly his role will be and how that affects medical staff and all of that. So more information to come, I would hope, but at least it seems like they weren't ignoring the problem. Okay, that's fair. Um, the only thing I would say just to counter that is, you know, like even in this camp, it's not going to um, improve their training method for, you know, the first month or two of the season. So if we feel like they're still a slow skating team, he's not going to be able to help right away. And so that's something where, like to me, when I was going out to hire this guy, that was a, a big issue with the team. The team was slow. They were slow at start of games. What can you do to help me with this? And he might have an answer, but now getting that implemented is going to take a while. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. We'll see how it goes. And again, hopefully we get some more information about what he's looking to do and specifics on you know what he brings to the table from his you know experience in the AFL that he's had. All right. So continuing our series of checking in with some of our friends in the Metro division, we are thrilled to welcome to the show from Locked On Capitals, Dan Holmey. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Dan, heading into this offseason, what were the biggest issues that the Caps were facing and how do you think they did overall? I mean, I think that Brian McClellan swung for the fences. You know, I kind of criticized him on my podcast all season long saying, you know, why didn't you do something with the net minding situation? We take a look at this uh, Washington Capitals team, this rock the red era, if you will, of Alex Ovechkin. And we know that we have a limited time with him on this team. So it kind of seemed like they squandered these last two years with kind of inconsistency in that in the form of Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. But he went out and he solidified the net mining situation, getting Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. I don't think you can go out and get a bigger net miner than Darcy Kemper, you know, on paper anyway. I think he's going to be a great net miner. You take a look at the, the injuries that the Capitals face with Tom Wilson. Uh, the Capitals got Connor Brown, and then they got Dylan Strom to take uh, Nick Backstrom's spot. Nick Backstrom has that hip resurfacing procedure that was done. And uh, just honestly, it's the outcome on that doesn't look that great. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he will be able to come back. But I feel positive that they got Dylan Strom and that Brian McClellan, the GM, was so active to take care of all the holds uh, in the lineup. Yeah, I think he um, he did. And I think for the most part, you'll be happy with Kemper. He He's going to have moments where you're not going to be happy with him. But uh, if the defense is there to help him, he'll be good. But my... You know, you mentioned Tom Wilson, and last year Brett Leeson filled the role. And, you know, he's not the same player, but he's the same size. He's got some offensive ability. Do you anticipate early in the year he's going to fill that same role? Yeah, I mean, I think Connor Brown could fill that line. He could also play on the second line right wing. Uh, there's another guy in Hershey, uh, Beck Malenstein as well, uh, a big frame that I think would fit in there as well. You know, I think that, uh, you know, like what Brian McClellan said is just because you think you know where these players are going to go, that doesn't necessarily mean where they're going to end up going. These players are going to have to fight for their jobs. There's guys on the Capitals, Connor McMichael, that's going to fight for his job as uh, playing a center. Um, also defensively, if you take a look at it, uh, Lucas Johansson, Hansen and Alex Alexiev when he comes back from his surgery. So I think that, you know, I think that the team is sketched out in a certain way, but what actuality will be uh, after the training camp might be something completely different. 
Well, let me, since I was going to ask you about McMichael, I'm assuming Strom is going to play higher in the lineup, at least to start. Uh, where does that leave McMichael? Like a 3C, 4C spot? Is that what it is? Yeah, so the interesting thing uh, there is that Lars Eller, um, I, you know, everyone was talking about it, and I talked about it in my podcast, that it was probably his last year on the Capitals. And then that we had that bombshell dropped that Nick Backstrom is going to be out for a long period. And all of a sudden, Lars Eller became a little bit more relevant. So I think it's going to be a battle for that third line if it's going to be Lars Eller or Connor McMichael. I know that Connor McMichael generally likes to play on the wing, but, you know, these young guys are kind of a Swiss army knife. They, they'll play wherever you need them, essentially. Um, but I think that, you know, Lars Eller's production has seen a dip. So I think that that is going to be, you know, a battle there. I think that the fourth line is going to be pretty much solidified. If they get Hagelin coming back, you got Dowd and Hathaway, kind of that snarl line out there, if you will. Um, I think that they got great production from the fourth line. So I don't think they're going to want to tinker with that one uh, too much. I was just wondering where Dylan Strom goes then in that lineup. A uh, uh, Dylan Strom is ostensibly going to be the second line center. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov is generally speaking the top line um, center. But, uh, you know, every once in a while, if Nick Backstrom comes back, if they're looking for that great goal scoring touch, it's about putting uh, Backstrom and Ovechkin on the same line together. You could make the argument that Alex Ovechkin, who will one day be the best goal scorer of all time, I really do believe. I don't think that he would have reached that level uh, if it wasn't for someone like Nick Backstrom serving him then passes to his office at the left circle there. I'll fight that. I don't think he's going to catch Gretzky, but I think he'll, uh, yeah. Yeah. he'll have a big number at the end. That's okay. Uh, also, you know, you mentioned Lucas Johansson. I don't know if I would exactly count on him, but, you know, with the guys that the Caps have on defense, I have to say, I think Dmitry Orlov is probably one of the more underrated defensemen yeah. in the league. He just kind of gets never talked, never gets talked about. Yeah, and he has some great offensive upside to him as well. Yep. Um, and just a really a, a big, tough guy out there. Um, Alan May, who covers the Washington Capitals, said, you, you guys think you know who the tough guy is, but you should see Dmitry Orloff out there. He's got legs like tree trunks out there. Um, so he has that offensive upside, and he brings a real physical uh, aspect to the game like a lot of the um, other Russians do on the team as well. Up next, we'll have more with Dan from Locked On Caps. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball and everything you need leading up to the upcoming NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf, too. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to scores and podcasts and more. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. Head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device. You can learn more about all the trends in action at BetOnline, where the game starts. You mentioned uh, Beck Malenstein, who is somebody that we've seen quite a bit uh, watching Phantoms games up against Hershey. And I'm just wondering if, you know, in addition to him, there's any other top prospects in the system or Hershey guys that could crack the lineup. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting there. You have Leeson, you have Protus, uh, Malenstein, like I talked about. Uh, there's that Vecchioni as well. 
Uh, a lot of these guys, uh, Hendrick Slop here, I can't overlook Hendrick Slop here, kind of the crown jewel in the Washington Capitals uh, organization, a guy that played on juniors primarily last year, but uh, had a brief uh, stint with the Washington Capitals in the beginning of the season. But I think that Hendrick Slop here will end up playing uh, in Hershey. I do think that, you know, Leeson and Protus and a lot of these guys are going to to fight uh, to get their jobs. I think that, you know, like I say, that Strom and Connor Brown are there, but that doesn't mean, you know, that one of these big guys, one of these young guys couldn't come in and take the job from them. Um, and then if you also take a look in net, uh, just kind of fanning out and widening the lens a little bit there as well, is you take a look at Charlie Lindgren, you know, a guy that's a bit of an unproven commodity. He played really well for St. Louis and in, in the, their farm team there as well. But uh, the uh, Capitals have someone else in Hershey in the form of Zach Fukale. I was a bit surprised that they didn't go with him. They could have got him on the cheap and uh, just a really solid netminder had three shutouts back to back for Hershey and was lights out the time he did play with the Capitals. But I think that, you know, a lot like uh, the Washington Capitals, you take a look at the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins aging rosters. Um, I think you're going to see changes over time. But certain promises were made to Alex Ovechkin that he would stay on a competitive team. So you're not going to see these wholesale changes until after uh, the Alex Ovechkin era, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think they are doing everything they can to keep Ovi. I think the thing with Fucali is um, he's had such a sojourn since his draft, but Lindgren's bigger, right? I think they're looking for that backup to be bigger probably. Just, just to be on the safe side in case Kemper, you know, has issues. That's just my feeling. I don't know if yeah. that's what the way they're going. But um, also looking at the Capitals, TJ Oshie is a guy that, um, you know, has gotten tougher over the years, but his scoring has has dipped. I feel like without Backstrom now, and I don't think Backstrom will be back this year anyhow, just to kind of throw that out there. I know this injury has derailed almost every hockey player it's, it's happened to, but Backstrom's a, a different guy. So maybe, you know, he can come back at some point, but I think Oshie has to really step up here. If the, if the caps want to really do anything. Yeah. And here's the deal with TJ Oshie is that he plays much bigger than he is. He's not the biggest guy on the ice, but don't tell him that um, he'll take on some of the biggest guys out there. Um, you are correct though. He, he did see a dip in his goal scoring uh, there a bit. Um, but I do think, you know, father time is coming for us all. And that is kind of what, what they're talking about. There's that aging roster. You take a look at Lars Eller and, and, and just a lot of the guys out there that aren't seeing quite uh, the level of performance that they had at one time. But I do think that they do need to see TJ Oshie in top form. He is a really great playmaker and just a great all-around athlete in general. Uh, if you look back to his days in War Road, he was a great football player, just a really uh, an all-around uh, great guy. And not just a great hockey player, but I think just a real positive uh, presence in the locker room as well. You know, he's uh, always quick to put a positive spin on thing, and uh, he's not, you know, always taking a dip into the doldrums if the Capitals aren't doing that well. I think another guy on that list is Carlson, who's yeah. getting getting up there. And uh, I think that's, for me, one of the bigger I think weaknesses for the Caps right now is the blue line. How, how do you look at it? Yeah. So, I mean, they did lose uh, Schultz uh, in the off season here. And I think that, you know, he wasn't, they didn't get really quite the production out of him that uh, they had hoped for. I mean, I think that he played okay, but to answer your question about John Carlson, he's still, I think at the end of the day, 
uh, will be considered at the end of his career as one of the better defensemen on the Washington Capitals. Just a really kind of a workhorse out there. He doesn't miss a lot of time because of injury. And uh, but yeah, you I mean, you're right. He is getting a bit up there and older. And uh, I think that that is where these younger players fit in. If you take a look at Martin Faravari, a guy that was slated to make the big team until the Capitals got Chara. And then he had to kind of be patient and wait one more year, but has just doing a really great job with the Washington Capitals, kind of brings a big physical game. And, uh, you know, that's the one thing I notice about a lot of these younger guys, the defensemen, is they have a lot of offensive upside as well. They're not just these uh, stay-at-home defensemen, if you will. Yeah, the other thing is um, what's also taken a dip and is sort of in the middle of the league is their power play. And and look, Carlson's still great. I, I You know, I think... I think the world of John Carlson and, and Ovechkin, but, but they are going to need, especially without Backstrom now more catalysts on the power play, because I feel like that it should be better than what it was last year. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And they are missing some big pieces out there. You know, I know that around the league, Tom Wilson is seen as this goon is this tough guy, but not a lot of goons score 20 plus goals. Ryan Reeves, I'm talking to you out there. Um, so I know that he's a guy that everyone loves to hate, but, um, I, you know, that's, a I don't hate plus. Tom Wilson. Actually, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I like Tom Wilson. I interviewed him pre-draft. He, he's a terrific athlete. He's a fun guy. I interview him all the time. I happen to like him. It's just that we all know he, he gets a little carried away. He does. He does. I mean, and you know, he does play, you know, high emotion. And I think that, you know, just as he's a tough guy. So it just kind of comes in his nature to be a tough guy and, you know, sometimes to his detriment, that's why he's been suspended multiple times uh, in that kind of thing. But um, you know, they're, they're getting that production out there. Kuznetsov uh, was in the top three um, goal scorer out there. Number two on the Washington Capitals. Um, Evgeny Kuznetsov was one of those interesting players the year before was on the trading block and, you know, Tarek, Tarek Mm -hmm. Elvis year who covers the Capitals for the athletic. They said, you know, they would love to trade Kuznetsov, but they won't get enough for him. And, you know, it's good on Brian McClellan and, you know, maybe just fate or whatever you want to call it, that they were patient and they waited that one more year because I think that he saw a level of maturity out there that was, you know, lacking before that was, you know, a, a Kuznetsov that had some personal issues, shall we say in his free time and got into you know, some COVID activity with some of the other Russians, Ilya Samsonov yeah. and, and mm-hmm. Alex Ovechkin and the like out there. So um, I just think that, you know, a lot of these players are starting to come into their own and getting uh, some great goal scoring. But, you know, if when you do have Nick Backstrom and some of these integral players out of the lineup, you're going to need to see some of these younger players uh, step up and fill those roles. It's really interesting looking at the caps and pens with them being such a huge rivalry but at the same time they're in sort of similar situations with an aging core that they're trying to keep together for the superstars right and i'm just wondering how you see like the comparison between those two teams right now I mean, I do see a lot of the same things. You take a look at Crosby and Malkin and Latang, and, and those guys have been together for some time. And I do think to a certain extent that that Penguins team is kind of going through a similar thing that the Capitals are going through. They are a little bit scared to make changes uh, because this is the Washington Capitals team that won the Stanley Cup in 2018, and you don't want to kind of offset the chemistry too much. And you take a look at the Penguins, and they had quite a bit of success with Crosby and Malkin and Latang and, and, and the likes of those guys out there. So I think it's a bit of the same thing out there. Um, I did do an episode where um, I talked about that it would have been a good idea for Malkin to come to the to the Washington Capitals. 
our mutual friend Sean Woodley thought that was a good idea to uh, kind of stir the pot there, if you will. But um, mm -hmm. I uh, might have mentioned that about the Flyers as well. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that would have been interesting. But, you know, he is uh, kind of always prone to the injury bug out there as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you, you know, you take a look at the Bruins, you take a look at the Capitals and the Penguins. It, it, they're all an aging roster that is is staring change straight in the face. It's going to happen sooner or later. I just don't think it's going to be you know, kind of like what the Rangers did a few years ago. If you take a look at what the Rangers had out on the ice, it was one of those teams out there that they were getting no success out there. And it was a rough year, year and a half out there. But now take a look at the Rangers. You know, they kind of went through some big changes and, you know, they made a pretty solid push into the playoffs. So if the Capitals, you know, or one of these other teams, the Penguins or the Bruins, if they could kind of emulate that a little bit, uh, I think that going forward, that's a positive sign. Yeah, for me, and and I'm I'm okay with Kemper. For me, the biggest thing on the Capitals is you know, getting Dylan Strome to fill this role. He's not the fastest guy. He does have good hands. He does have ability. But when he was putting up big points, he had Patrick Kane next to him. And so you just it does make me wonder how far the Caps are going to go to try and get him to succeed without sort of really messing with their lineup too much because it could go the other way too. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, they are going to, I mean, he's also can play winged as well. So if it, it mm -hmm. just turns out that he's not getting that production, then I think that they're going to look at what their other options are, you know, in the form of a Connor McMichael out there. You know, but I, I would say that the one bugaboo or the one thing that the Washington Capitals had with their younger players, um, I was talking about with one of the beat writers uh, for the Washington Capitals, is it wasn't sustainable. You know, a lot of these young players that they worked into the lineup, they had flashes of greatness, but then they kind of dried off. Um, so what you need is these young players to step up and sustain that goal scoring touch. Um, you know, like you talked about with Dylan Strom. I mean, he's going to get, you know, a, you know, somewhat of a long leash, but you know, if he's not getting that production, they're going to try to work someone else into that spot as well. And uh, I think that that would be good for some of the younger players as well. Mm -hmm. We are going to wrap up coming up next, but first an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think for calling, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So when all is said and done, where do you think the Caps end up in the standings for the division? I mean, I would like to say that they, I don't know if they're going to win the President's Trophy, but uh, I do think that they should finish towards the top. If you take a look at the Capitals this season, you know, they had 100 points. And generally speaking, if you take a look around the different divisions, that may have put you on the very top. But the Metro is a very competitive division. I mean, you guys know that as well. And um, so I think that uh, they should finish near the top as long as they can get, you know, so, you know, all these pieces to fit together. You know, you take a look at some of these teams and you, you, you sketch it out on paper and you look at it and you go, yeah, that looks like a pretty good lineup. But, you know, you take a look at the Edmonton Oilers, for example. 
that is an all-star team out there. You got Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and but they can't get the goaltending and they can never put it together. So if you take a look at the Washington Capitals, as long as the stars align, and if you put all those pieces in the pot and it, you know, it makes a nice casserole, then I think the Washington Capitals uh, will be in a good position to do, to do great things. I would like to say that they're going to make a push into the playoffs. My goal for them is to make a push at least into the second round because the Capitals won in 2018. And after that, they have not made it past the first round that should be their goal. I mean, obviously, I'd like a Stanley Cup, but to even to make it past the first round, I think would be a, a good feeling. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think that's a, a really good goal for them to have. I don't know if, if they'll get there. I think it's going to be an interesting race in the division overall. And uh, I think, you know, the Caps should, in theory, be in the top three, but if the stars don't align properly, they could be on the outside looking in just because of the numbers game in the division. Yeah. I mean, I think they got a lot better. Uh, There's a lot of teams out there that got a lot better. I mean, if you want to take a look at the flames, for example, or you take a look at, at what Florida, I don't know if that's going to end up working out for them. And then Columbus getting Johnny Goudreau out there, you know, there's a lot of teams out there that potentially could be, you know, just great teams. But if you want to kind of switch gears a little bit, you know, I'm a big fan of the Washington Nationals and they lost two big players to the San Diego Padres. Guess what? That didn't help that team. So sometimes things that are sketched out, um, they seem good, but in actuality, they're really not that great. But so the Capitals, I look at them on paper, it looks good. If that translates into actuality, that's another thing altogether. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle to get past the Canes and the Rangers, but then I think they'll be in the mix. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about the Caps. And uh, where can people find you out there? All right, so you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And then, of course, you can find the show wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, including YouTube. So when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, hit the thumbs up button. It really helps grow the channel. Thanks once again to Dan from Locked On Caps. A lot of fun information there. Um, I have my doubts about the Caps coming into this season, but who knows? Maybe they'll make another run of it. I still think they're going to eke out a playoff spot. That's my thinking. Yeah. All right, we are going to wrap up the show with our Flyers fun thing slash gritty thing of the week. And um, our first one was a kind of a controversial post from Gritty. There was a sort of meme about with a whole bunch of different Gritties clapping at different rates until it comes together. Kind of almost like the same feeling when they do that a screensaver thing with the box bouncing into the corner and everybody claps when it hits the corner um, where all the claps come together. But the phrase was like, you know, I have the clap, which is, you know, not maybe the best. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a good joke, but I think, you know, maybe some people would be upset by it. I could see that. And then uh, there was a TikTok about just some of the many times that Gritty has dumped popcorn all over people, which is always a good time, I think, you know. Once you get it dumped on you, then we'll see. Well, you know, it's crappy popcorn to begin with. (laughs) You get in the arena. Yeah, but if you just got your hair done, if you just got your hair done, how would you feel? Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) 
And then the last thing, the Gritty 5K is back. I'm actually excited for this. I've done it the last couple of years uh, remotely. And yeah. they, you know, they send you a pretty uh, cool medal and a t-shirt and lots of fun stuff. So, you know, I am, am looking forward to it again this year. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it in person or remote this year. There's a chance I could make it. Um, it's Saturday, October 22nd. So uh, there's a link to register as well in our show notes. So uh, hope to see you there. Yeah, I know people that have done it and they seem like it's a good thing. And look, anything that gets people moving is a good thing. I think so too. All right, that will do it for today's show and for the week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll have any Flyers news. We're going to do another uh, Flyers player deep dive on Rasmus Ristolainen. It's Monday, so we'll have our nemesis of the week. We are going to talk to our pal Joe Yurden next mm -hmm. week as well. So lots of good stuff coming up. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. You can also drop us a note over on YouTube as well. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen a Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Thanks again for listening and have a great weekend, everybody.